APU. American Public University is proud to present Online Teaching Lounge. This is episode number 62, Connecting with Your Students Through Zoom Video Conferences. This podcast is for educators, academics, and parents who know that online teaching can be challenging, but it can also be rewarding, engaging, and fun. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Bethany Hansen, and I'll be your guide for online teaching tips, topics, and strategies. Walk with me into the Online Teaching Lounge. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. Today, we're going to talk about how you can connect with your students through using Zoom for video conferences. Now, there are a lot of different ways to be engaged in your online teaching. You might consider having asynchronous classes where people just participate on their own and interact separately. Perhaps you have live classes where they are conducted online already. Or maybe you're in some kind of hybrid situation where students will go to the online class for part of their work and meet with you face-to-face in the live physical classroom. Regardless of your format, Zoom conferences for your students can really create relationships and introduce different types of engagement than anything else you might use. So I'm going to teach you today how to basically use Zoom in a few new ways, and I'm going to also help you overcome any hesitation you have to using Zoom by giving you tips and strategies to help you in this area. This is a great solution for connecting with students who might be less achieving, less vocal, less present, and help them get engaged in small groups and smaller conversations so that they are getting a lot more out of the experience and connecting more with you and with each other. So let's get started. How do you start a Zoom meeting or how do you get one going? First, there are some learning management systems where Zoom is already integrated and it's available for you to use. If you have Zoom integrated into Brightspace, into Canvas, into some other learning management system, then you're already set with a way to set Zoom up so that you can talk to your students. If you don't have access to Zoom, you can set up a free account online for up to 40 minutes for a small group or a longer duration if you're going to just have one-on-one calls. I recommend using your educator email address because there just might be some kind of special recognition that Zoom will give you to provide an educational discount or an education account of some kind. So if you don't already have access, definitely check out those options that might be available. Looking at your Zoom meeting, you can select particular settings in the Zoom settings menu if you go in through a browser. For example, You can have all of your participants need to log in with their institutional email if you're using an account that does that. You can have a waiting room set up so you can let participants in one at a time. You can also give people permission to mute and unmute themselves, use video, and also you can choose whether they can save the chat or not save the chat. There are so many settings that are worth your time to investigate so that you can set up your meetings in a way that really suits you best and preserves students' privacy as well. And of course, you can record those meetings and you can share those with students who cannot attend a live session. Once you've set Zoom up, the best way to move forward is to provide the invitation to students ahead of time. 
I recommend giving this information to your students at least one week ahead so they can put it on their calendar and look forward to the meeting time. You might even choose an app called Doodle that you can mark with various times that are possible for you and send it out as a poll well in advance of your Zoom call. If you do this, students can let you know of all the many times they might be available to make that Zoom call, and you can choose the scheduling that will work best for all of your students, or most of them at least. So a Doodle poll can set you up for success before you ever schedule that meeting. Once you've done that, I also recommend putting announcements in your course homepage, sending announcements out and emails and messages one week before the call, a day before the call, and a couple of hours before the call, and lastly, 10 minutes before the call is about to begin. Students get a lot of emails and a lot of messages, and if they're taking more than one class, they also read a lot of announcements. They're going to need reminders repeatedly to know when your live call is scheduled in Zoom and to be able to access it and join you there. Once it's time for the call, you can succeed in meeting your students where they're at by being early and having your technology set up with a backup plan if your internet should fail. For example, if you have a Wi-Fi internet at home and you're working from home, it's good to also have a hotspot on your cell phone so that if your internet blanks out, you don't lose your connection to the Zoom meeting. I usually have two or even three backup plans because I really don't want to lose any of my Zoom meetings and I have many of them that happen throughout the day and throughout the week. So think about what your backup plan will be for internet. Secondly, you can have someone work with you. It can even be a high achieving student who can take notes during the meeting in the chat or who can be listed as a co-host so that if something should happen to your access, someone will still be there that can make sure the meeting continues and that the progress can be made. When you're setting up for the call, check the background in the room that you're going to be in. If you have the latest version of Zoom, you can set the background to be blurry so it actually doesn't matter what's in the background, or you can choose a virtual background if you have a good solid space. Otherwise, it's going to pixelate through that virtual background and you're going to see part of your background and part of the virtual background. I recommend the fuzzy background because it just focuses on you being there and being very clear and it blurs everything else. Of course, there are some fun settings in Zoom where you can also adopt caricatures and makeup and mustaches and hats and different things. And if you're having a fun meeting or a celebration, you might consider using those with your teammates or with your class members as well. Within the platform, you can choose whether you use an external mic on your computer or a headset or some other setup. I recommend using a headset and not using the external speakers and microphone on your computer because there can often be an echo produced when you do that. So test your system out ahead of time and make sure that your sound quality is good and your video quality is good as well. If you find that these things are not good, troubleshoot them before you meet with your students live. The more you prepare in advance of conducting a live class meeting in Zoom, the more you're going to find success there and have a positive experience. I do recommend approaching this as if you're teaching a live face-to-face -face class. In that situation, you might prepare a detailed lesson plan. You might tell students up front what to expect and what you're going to cover during the period of the meeting. And you might also discuss what topics you're going to do and any activities needed. For example, if you're planning to use breakout rooms during your virtual meeting, you want to tell students ahead of time so they have access to a microphone and can be on video.
It's also a great idea to send those expectations out to your students well in advance of the meeting. For example, you might have a dress code if you don't want students to show up in pajamas or you want them to be dressed like they would be attending school. And you can also suggest what kinds of places they might be where they're on video. For example, if they're going to the local McDonald's to get the internet to be in class, there might be a lot of background noise and they might need some kind of headphones or noise canceling tools. You might also think about whether or not students have to engage in the text area. Plan this ahead of time. Zoom has excellent polling features, and if you want some basic interactivity, you can either use the chat box, you can call on students directly to make verbal comments live, or you can put a poll up there and have everybody participate that way. There are also some external things you could have students access during the Zoom call, like Mentimeter and Poll Everywhere, and there are several others as well, where they could engage in polling they can make word clouds. They can basically each contribute their own ideas in real time and feel like they're actually engaging in what's being discussed rather than being a passive consumer. So think about these things ahead of time and plan out what your approach will be as well as a brief lesson plan. Tell your students ahead of time. Check your background and what you're wearing and make sure it looks clean, clear, professional, and confident. And then host your meeting. So when you're hosting your meeting and having that live call, Sit up tall, roll your shoulders back a little bit to give yourself an extra boost of confidence, and help yourself to connect better with your students. Even though you're on screen and you're not really looking directly at each one of them, you want to look towards the camera so that you feel like you're making eye contact with them and being present. And whatever your plan is for engaging them during the live call, definitely include lots of ways to engage. As I mentioned before, these could be typing in the text box. These could be polling features or external programs. And you could also put them in breakout rooms. If you use breakout rooms, I highly recommend putting the questions out in advance because once they leave the main room, they can no longer see any slides you were sharing or the questions you might have. You can also broadcast a message to all of the rooms if you put people in groups so that they can still see what they need to see and be able to talk about it while they're in that breakout room. And definitely tell students, if they're going to do a breakout, how long it will be and ask them to appoint a timekeeper in each group. Even though Zoom might time the breakout rooms for you, you want someone in that group to keep everyone aware of how little time they have left as that time is winding down. Nobody likes being jerked out of a breakout room abruptly in the middle of a comment. Now you can look around the video screen and see where students are and sometimes you can even see their demeanor and whether they're tracking along with the meeting or the presentation. You can also see if they're just a name with no camera enabled and you can engage with people anyway and call on their names or have them type in the chat. Sometimes students are caring for little ones at home and they're not really able to chat on video, but they would be able to type in the chat and are still there with you even though they don't want to be on screen. I personally believe you should respect that because not everyone is comfortable being on screen, but also we can't really gauge that they're all fully present just by seeing them. We can also gauge that presence through the chat and other features that we might use. Either way, you're going to create a sense of community by using Zoom in your online class so students feel more connected to you and more connected to each other. 
And they can also get this whole sense of community that they're part of a big program and a university or school that you're teaching for. Zoom has the potential to really take conversations deeper, especially if you use those breakouts and other tools, and help your students to feel like they're a lot more engaged and invested. I personally have used Zoom a lot in teaching and coaching and in leading faculty meetings, and also I have used it with one-on-one calls. Even though sometimes it can seem a little bit much for a one-on-one call, I have really enjoyed being able to see people face-to-face and engage with them, and they have appreciated being able to see me while they're talking to me as well, and many have said that. As you try Zoom in your online teaching, I encourage you to stretch in several of these ways to try the different things you can integrate and see how creative you might be and definitely inform students ahead of time and practice. You want to be confident and not have technical glitches while you're carrying it out. As you do these things, you're going to get a lot more engagement from your students and they're going to get trust for you and reach out to you whenever they have problems in the course. And that's a good thing. Best wishes to you in creating your Zoom meetings and connecting better with your students and solving the problem of that distance we all have in online education. And best wishes in all of your teaching this coming week as well. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. To share comments and requests for future episodes, please visit bethanyhansen.com forward slash request. Best wishes this coming week in your online teaching journey. For more information about our university, visit us at study at APU.com. APU, American Public University.